Hey, it's your Kali. What's up? Hey, y'all, what's up? You're about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, live music, booty bump and beats, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Due to the coronavirus, the following show is being produced and broadcast by the Yolokali youth from their homes. So sit back, relax at home, and enjoy the show. Hello everyone, my name is Sarah. And my name is Diego. And you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our homes. Hello, everyone. How is everyone doing today on this gloomy Saturday morning or afternoon? Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to have a special show about what we hold audios. But first, let's listen to the weekly news. Let's get started. And now it's time for important coronavirus news and updates. Brought to you by the youth at Yolo Cali. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Channel 105.5 Yolo-licious News. During these uncanny times where Miss Rona is ruling the world, we must not forget that other things is going on in the world that concern every single one of us. Currently, Cancel culture has hit an all-time high on social media. Yes, I am looking at you, Twitter. A popular trend that started with calling out socially insensitive remarks from celebs and other dumb social personas has spiraled out of control to the point where even your grandma is getting canceled. You know what I have to say about that? Miss Rona, you're canceled. What you gonna say about that? On to more local news. Recently in Little Village, the demolition of an old cold mine has brought up many health concerns, leaving the community baffled and pissed out. Currently, Melissa is on the scene reporting live from Little Village. Hello, Melissa. Ama, rato lavo los trastes. Hey, what's up? Ah, Melissa, so good to hear from you. Wow, we're standing more than six feet apart. How's it over there? What's the weather like? Because, you know, we're not going outside like that over here. Honestly, it's hard to breathe with this musty, dusty, crusty air around me. As of recently, Little Village, the demolition of the Crawford Coal Plant has impacted the community. As of right now, Avejo, the Little Village Environmental Organization, has organized a petition to make Helco Redevelopment Partners accountable for all the damages they've caused in the neighborhood. Anyway, on a brighter note, Resources are coming to Little Village for free. Project Viva and Howard Brown Health Center are offering confidential risk-free assessments for medical evaluations for COVID-19. Again, everything is free. Also, don't forget a stay-at-home order has been extended to May 30th. I know y'all want to be outside having fun, but stay inside before we cancel you guys again. Back to you, Emmy, at the studio. Ah, hello, Melissa. Thank you very much for that. Muchos gracias. Very informational. Oh, so good. 
Now, we have a very special guest with us here in the studio on today, this morning. Hello, Miss Lightfoot, how do you do? What do you have to say for yourself after these horrific dust storms and toxins have been released in the air? What I thought. Anyway, thank you all very much for tuning in. Until next time. Bye! And that was Yololicious News, brought to you by the youth at Yolokali. We are back, so let's get started with our show. What are we going to be presenting today, Diego? Our What We Hold Audios. <laughs> Yolokali has participated in the What We Hold Audios for three years in a row. How cool is that? But what is What We Hold, though? What We Hold is a series of the Contemporary Jewish Museum in San Francisco installation highlighting youth voices. For this project, teens consider what pieces of themselves reflect influences from their cultural inheritance and family life. The youth were then asked to interview a family member or a loved one and go further in their reflection. What resulted are these compelling recordings offering a snapshot of what they uncovered, a rare window into youth perspectives today, and a place for youth to shine and share their voices. But what shapes us? What family stories become our core story? What pieces of ourselves are formed and reformed from our heritage? What we hold are audio segments reflecting on family journeys, music, food, traditions, language, and moments of choice that have made an imprint on their identities. Each recording acts as a thread connecting generations. It's an amazing national audio collaboration, and Yolo Kali goes and takes two of us to go. My sister was one of the fortunate ones in the past to be able to go and see the museum. Uh, I didn't get that chance, though. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, due to current events, the two lucky ones are not able to go because of everything going on. Miss Rona can catch these hands then. <laughs> what is the process of what we hold? Grueling. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, for Sarah, for you, Sarah, how was that process? Because I know it was it, it was something. Everyone had like the same kind of idea. Like it had to be something special to us, even though it was different. So each of us presented like later on like something very valuable to us. And to me, it was like about my sister. What about you, Diego? Mine's was about my grandfather who passed away in 2001. But the only thing we have to remember him is a gaban, which we will see what a gaban is later in the show today. But like, yeah, the process was to... I had to interview my mom and that was kind of difficult, especially because you're interviewing someone who's close to you. But now I feel like now you can do anything because you interviewed someone, a family member. You feel closer to her because you got like to learn more about like her past and the past of her father, right? Yeah, and it's like, but I, was, I did not expect her to cry. Ugh, spoiler alert. So how did you start the process on capturing your story? First, I had a, when Steph told us about basically what we had to do, I had to figure out, well, what sentimental value do we have? And it really started off with, it literally just happened randomly. We're, we're cleaning out, like, basically old things. We're throwing things out, keeping things. And we have a box in our living room where we keep a bunch of blankets but, you know, whenever the cold months come in and we just whip one out. And there, there was this, I honestly, like, no shade, no tea. But, like, I saw this raggedy old thing and I was like, ew, mom, put, 
put this in the old, like, put this in the garbage. No. And she snapped it. Well, she didn't snap at me, but she automatically just took that from me. And she's like, that is not going anywhere. That was your grandfather's. We don't talk about it. Put it back. And I was like, oh, okay. My bad. <laughs> okay, I didn't mean to. But what about you? What was your process like? My process was, like, the same way. Like, I had to figure out what was, like, very important to me. Like, what did I really want to do? And... I was like, hey, like, let me do my sister because she's graduating this year, you know, and she's a very important person in my life. So I was like, yeah, she's older than me, you know, and I love her. So I was just like, you know what, let's just do my sister. And it was like kind of like touching because I didn't think I was going to like feel some type of way about when I was doing it. And then when I started doing it, I was like, oh, my God, you know what? Never mind. I actually do feel some type of way. Like, you know, I didn't think it was going to actually, like, hit me like that. And then it ended up hitting me. So I was like, oh, my God. And, like, you know, because I'm in that little corner, like, by the window, like, Mm -hmm. I was trying so hard not to cry. Because, like, hearing my mom, like, how difficult it was for her, hearing it over and over again, and having to edit that, I was like, man, this is difficult. (laughs) <laughs> it feels you feel some type of way like editing yeah. it you're like oh uh, so why did you pick to choose that like that story um well because well it was literally the only one <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and also because like it was like literally like i was stressing out about it i was literally like my family has nothing so i was like what am i gonna do and literally when she told me about the significant well not the significance but when she said that it belonged to him and like it kind of hit like hit me in the head it was like oh I don't really know much about him because he died in 2001 and I was born in 2002 so I thought well might as well but in the end it proved to be like I guess um very very emotional <laughs> and very important so like I actually got to know who he was I I loved your story like to be honest it made me cry I was like oh my god it's so pretty and I do like when you were, like, looking through your stuff, did that happen at the time we were supposed to find the story? Yeah, that was around the time when I was, like, trying to figure out what to do. And then, like, since this object was, like, you know, it held a lot of significance, I thought, you know what? This is, like, something my mom holds on dearly. Like, something that was passed down to her as, like, a memory to mm-hmm. to remember her father. So I thought, you know what, is this is probably going to be passed on to me or this is going to stay here, you know? So I thought this is like a connection between our generations. And I thought, okay, let's do this. I agree with you. Like it passed down like probably from generation to generation. So it probably mm-hmm. holds like a lot of meaning to it. Yeah, totally. So tell us about your audio story process, like the editing, you know, like how was that? It was kind of stressful, very stressful actually, not kind of. Because I, I wanted it to be perfect. I didn't want to, like, like half-butt this. I wanted it to be great. I honestly wanted for it to cry. Because, <laughs> like, I wanted this to be emotional. And I didn't realize how... My mom's not really an emotional person. She doesn't really express her feelings. So when I interviewed her first, like, I started asking more questions. I could see, like, this was very difficult for her. And so I thought, you know what? This has to be perfect. This, this cannot be terrible. This cannot flop. But what about you, Sarah? What was yours like? Because I know you took a while. <laughs> I did. It was really long because, like, the way me and my sister are, are as people, like, we literally will change the topic all the time. So I guess that's what made it long. I really liked it because it held meaning to me because it was, like, a memory. It was, like, a piece of my sister I can have with me when she's, like, off. And if, if I ever feel sad while she's in college, I can just hear it. And I felt like it was, to me, it was really, really important because it was just, like, well... 
she was she's my older sister and we've been with each other all the time and for her to just leave is like it was really scary because it was just like i don't know if i'll ever see her what if she never comes you know mm-hmm. but like knowing her she probably will come back hopefully <laughs> you know crossing my fingers but like right now you know we, we put that on pause right now yeah the process was like easy because it was just like well you know just talk about stuff and then like we're natural people and talking so we were just like it was easy cool so then what are you holding on to during this quarantine i guess it depends because it's just like i think right now it's just like trying to get myself together and being more like holding myself together because i feel like right now everybody's just like a little like you know scared and stuff like that and i can agree with a lot of that because of everything that's going on so how about you oh i don't know how i'm doing i don't know honestly i i'm (laughs) fed up with this family i'm fed up with this household i want to (laughs) leave I've been in my room for most of the days. I have not been doing homework, which I am actually worried about because I just keep seeing more assignments piling up. And I'm like, I'll do it eventually. And then now I'm like, I keep saying that like every week. Quarantine (laughs) has kind of messed everybody's schedule up for sure. Yeah. Like even it's like you can't really say like, oh, I'll do it later. Or like, I don't have time. Like, what do you mean you don't have time? You're living in your house all the time. Right. Okay. Are we ready to listen to our beautiful production? Yes. Let's move right into it. So we are going to listen to our baby girl, Jennifer, who unfortunately could not be here today. Love you. Hope you're doing well. Her audio piece is called Deeper Than Hair. Girl, your hair looking good, juicy. Who you, mommy? I don't get these curls for free, Chica. You gotta put in work. (laughs) Flat, dry, we don't know her. Curls, moisture, definition, volume. Mm. My name is Jennifer, and you know me as the curly-headed girl in the room. Hair has been such a vital part of my life. I spent a lot of time admiring other people's beauty instead of my own. My godmother, for instance, has golden locks and long hair. I feel like every person should be able to feel beautiful within themselves without believing that they have to follow a certain guideline and they should be able to say, this is beautiful and most importantly, if it's me and what I want. I grew up with this thought in my head that my curly hair was unrefined, messy, because it was curly and long. The only kind of woman I had to look up to had rubio hair, which in Spanish means blonde. Coarse, beautifully blown out to give it that bounce and voluminous finish. Opposed to myself, I had brunette, long, curly hair. I have multi-textured hair, which the types are 3A, 3B, 3C. I didn't start wearing my hair curly with pride until I was about 14 years old. I have been heat color free for three years, meaning my hair is virgin now. That I truly am proud of. Not only has my hair evolved, but so has a different love and confidence that I never had for myself. I look very much like the woman on my father's side of the family. However, the only different thing about my appearance is that my hair is so, so curly. One woman in particular who is my madrina, which means godmother in Spanish, has learned with me along the way to care for me and my hair as well as embracing it. Yo soy Guadalupe Lara y soy estilista desde el 99. Mi tipo de cabello pues es lacio pero es fino. Y para arreglarme pues como ya tengo bastante práctica y poco pelo, me lo arreglo rápido. Unos 
Ya una vez secado mi pelo, me lo arreglo en unos 15 minutos. My madrina has been a hairdresser since 1999 and has straight silver hair. And on a regular basis, she takes about 15 minutes or so to do her routine, which is very different from mine. Every time I meet someone, I immediately look at their hair and see the way that it is styled. That's why it's so important that my hair looks its best and that I give it the proper love that it needs. My madrina shares the same beliefs as well. Pues es mucho, muy importante para mí porque es una de las características que tienes más cerca de tu cara. A veces no importa ni qué tipo de cuerpo tengas, que simplemente con arreglar tu pelo bonito y todas las mujeres se ven bonitas. It doesn't matter your outfit, face, body shape, having hair that is beautifully done or even taken care of is so beautiful and flattering to the eye. She absolutely adores 70s styled hair, but she's also very accepting of me, my curly hair, and many new trends. She took the time to figure out what works with my hair texture, considering that it is fine, very curly, and not many people are able to work with it. A mí me gustaba las de los años 60. Me gusta mucho cómo se arreglaban las mujeres, que veo fotos a una ahorita. Y pues la quiero mucho. Y también de su cabello, pues a mí siempre se me hace hecho lindo. Desde que nació, porque tiene unos chinos que me agradan mucho. Along with accepting my curls, it is quite difficult than others may think it is. Sí, es más difícil que una para una persona tenerlo chino que tenerlo. Es bonito porque uno cuando nace una bebé o un niño, lo que sea, dices tú, ay, qué bonito tiene su pelo, está chinito. Pero ahorita, en la actualidad, se usa más el planchado. Y entonces cuando todas las personas, al menos a mí me ha tocado bastante, casi la mayoría de las personas que tienen su pelo chino, son contadas las personas que les gusta su pelo. Lo quieren tener lacio. Y hay unos chinos que están, están muy bonitos. Están bonitos. Y, pero sí, todo va en los productos. This finally lets me know I'm not the only woman who feels this way. I see so often the most beautiful, wonderful women with textured hair struggle to embrace it like I did because I didn't have the confidence. They went for the flat iron, the curler, the relaxer, anything that wasn't them. When I created a vision for who I thought I was, I was nowhere near myself. At one point, I went blonde and disliked it so much, but that's what I thought it meant to be a Latina in my family, a Latina in society. The woman in my hair. <laughs> the women in my family don't leave to go to the store without putting hours into their hair and overall appearance. I thought I had to fit this commercial, like inauthentic lifestyle with blonde locks and straight hair. Pues a mí me da, me agrada, me agrada verla porque yo la quiero y del pelo, pues a mí siempre me agrada su pelo. A lo mejor para ella, como todas. Uh, yo lo tengo lacio, lo quiero tener chino, la que lo tiene chino lo quiere tener lacio. Pero para mí se le ven muy bonitos sus chinos. All the kind words and how she talks about me is the reason as to why I'm able to love a part of myself that I couldn't before. To some, it may just be hair, it grows back and it evolves with you throughout your lifetime. But it's deeper than my hair follicles, its roots, culture, and individuality. People refer to me as the one with curly hair, and I couldn't envision myself otherwise. So our next audio piece is from a former Yolo Cali student. His name is Gerardo. His piece's name is The Job. Hello, my name is Gerardo. I am a freshman at Benito Juarez High School, and I play center on my school's JV basketball team. 
On a regular day, my schedule consists of going to school and doing my after-school responsibilities, like homework, house chores, basketball, and my radio production class. During school, I learned drills and about discipline in JROTC. After a busy school day, I help around the house. My dad, I barely see him because he works every day from 4 a.m. to 3 p.m. He works far, so he usually arrives home an hour later. On his regular work days, he's so tired that all he does is eat and sleep to rest for his next work day. My mom, she is my motivator. She also works as a housekeeper and selling cosmetics. My older brother, an inspiration to the world. He has a genetic disorder called ataxia. Ataxia is having impaired balance or coordination. It can be due to damage to the brain, nerves, or muscles. Eventually, throughout the time, the disease worsens and that has impacted my brother to lose his balance. He can't walk well, so my duty is to help him move around. My family are first generations of immigrants, so it can get difficult sometimes. Veíamos que vivían bien, entonces uno también tenía ganas de, de superarse, ¿no? Y, y en México pues era más difícil, en primer lugar, porque no tengo un estudio profesional, ni mucho menos. Entonces para los que sí es difícil, para los que sí tienen estudio, pues para los que no lo tenemos es mucho más difícil. Entonces por eso pensé que, que viniendo a este país, pues iba a ser mejor para nosotros para poder salir adelante. When my parents migrated to the United States, their initial goal was to raise money to finish a house that they started building in Mexico. We have no insurance for my brother, and it is very devastating because we have no support for him. On the other hand, he won't give up. Even with the hardships, he won't give up. Although, with the disability, he has managed to work at an animal hospital in Brighton Park for 10 years now. It's a job he enjoys and everyone there loves and supports him. Within my family, especially my mom, I was able to learn to value and become a hardworking person just like them. With my mother being around, I was able to connect with her, learning how much of a hardworking of a person my mom really is. El mayor desafío encontrar un buen trabajo que más o menos nos nos diera para vivir trabajos que, que de verdad le, le alcance a uno para todas las necesidades. A veces este, pues uno no tiene que tener nada más un trabajo, sino hasta dos o lo que se pueda para poder estar más o menos pues, viviendo dignamente. As I'm learning, one thing I am struggling with is following my daily schedule while maintaining my energy on busy days. Oftentimes, I feel tired and unmotivated. To me, waking up early is a difficult task, especially on the day after basketball practice. Sometimes, I even feel stressed of thinking how much work I have to get done in a day. Pues que a pesar de, de que pues somos inmigrantes, de que yo no hablo 
el idioma del inglés. Este, pues gracias a Dios y a que hemos trabajado y todo, este, pues tenemos una casa en donde vivir. Eh, lo siento un logro bonito, por lo menos de, de que nadie les diga nada a mis hijos ni nada. O sea, el hecho de tener una casa, para mí ese es un logro bonito porque pues una casa siempre es lo que uno sueña para tener para su familia, para sus hijos, pues me, me alegran y sobre todo que mis hijos este, hasta donde hayan podido o querido este, han estudiado, que es una, una gran satisfacción para mí, que hayan tenido más estudio que el que uno pudo tener y pues ojalá y, y tú seas el que, <ríe> el que demuestre también que te interesa la escuela y que llegues a hacer algo que es el, el sueño de toda madre yo creo. My weekends are dedicated to Yolokali. Yolokali is where I have my audio radio production class. It is where I get to enjoy my time and have fun, learning and connecting with the youth, being able to hear other people's and create audio stories. But most importantly, I help my family. Pues la experiencia de, de saber que, que no puedo regresar a mi país porque, no porque no quisiera ir, sino porque no puedo regresar, <risa> entonces eso ha cambiado mucho y ojalá y algún día se pueda resolver eso, pero dentro de lo que cabe ya me he adaptado y ahora yo nada más pienso en que vivamos aquí en paz y tranquilos y ya lo demás no importa. Over the years, I have realized how my family is very hardworking. Now that I'm 15, I was given the opportunity to learn to drive and prepare for the driver's test. Aside from school, which is my responsibility, helping my brother is a big blessing for me and my family. I help him walk, commute to work, and if he ever needs anything, I am there for him. With my parents working, I am in charge of maintaining the house clean so they can arrive home and relax. Los retos de hoy en día son pues más que nada tú pues eres el que estás yendo a la escuela ahora sí que mi reto es de que termines este, tus estudios que vayas a la universidad ese es un reto un sueño un no sé todo y que voy a hacer lo que pueda porque que llegues a, a tener un título y no vayas a padecer lo mismo que, que padecimos nosotros aunque sea de las orejas, pero te voy a llevar. I am thankful for my family, for all the hard work that they do to provide for us. To me, there is just one way of showing our connection because as we work together, we work on maintaining our family filled with happiness, health, and love. Within my wonderful family, I will show an available life lesson of working hard for what we want to accomplish. I'm still young and I have so much more to look forward to. And in time, I will be ready for what life might bring towards me. Thanks to my family for showing me to keep on moving. No rendirse, seguir trabajando, eh, seguir luchando por lo que queramos, ya sea una casa, un bonito carro, un... lo que sea, nada es gratis. Todo lo que queramos nos cuesta, nos cuesta trabajo. Hay que trabajar, pero es bonito cuando podemos tener las cosas. Thank you so much. De nada.
This is a public service announcement. I don't know how many more times you gotta keep saying this, but stay home. Staying home prevents the risk of contracting COVID-19 as well as spreading COVID-19. If you are planning to go outside, only go for necessities like groceries and such. Parties and other gatherings are not a good idea. You will risk your health as well as other people if you do that. Don't be that person. Stay home and stay safe. Welcome back. Remember, you are listening to WLPN, LP Chicago, 105.5 FM, London Radio, in continuation with What's Up, What We Hold Special. So what's up next, Sarah, for our next segment? So let's talk about the few pieces that played. I really love Jennifer's. It was really, I know she doesn't, she says a lot like, eh, it's not really that much, but I really love her. It was really great. What about Head Out of Those? What do you think about Hits? It held like a deep meaning because it was like, it wasn't just about hair. Yeah. I thought his was also good because it was just like, as I said about Jennifer's, it was like a deeper meaning than just like what their title was. What I enjoyed most was, I think, getting to know my mom on a more personal level. Because, like I said, like I said, she's not really, like, a very emotional person. She doesn't really express her feelings. So, like, through this, like, I really saw her, like, vulnerability and how much, like, her dad really meant to her, you know? Uh, but what about you, Sarah? What do you think? Like, what was your perspective? What did you enjoy? I totally agree. It's like communicating with my sister on a deeper level, like the way you are with your mom. And it's also like, I like the editing part too, because it's just like, if it's sad, like you can add stuff to it that makes it even like more meaningful and something like close to you as well. So the editing was also really, I really liked editing my piece for sure. Me too. So why do you think this project is moving for you? That's a good question because I can't answer that. I think it's a good way to, like, express our, like, the youth's feelings. Because, you know, a lot of, like, younger people, they're like, no, I don't want to talk about my feelings. Or, like, talk about, like, something very special to me. And this helps a lot, like, you know, to introduce that. Right. And I think we should start uh, at the source. Um, who also helped curate what we hold, which is my interview with PJ. <laughs> So what does PJ stand for? Thanks for asking. So my name PJ actually stands full meaning. It means Pedro Jose, which is the name of two of my grandfathers. So Pedro is my mom's dad's name. And then Jose is my dad's uncle's name. So it's all related to my family tree and they were gonna give me the full name Pedro Jose but it was too long and so they just shortened it to PJ so what it means yeah the the weather is great you can't see it but it's actually sunny it's really nice I've been working outside actually for the past couple of weeks and I usually go on a walk. I just got back from a walk that I that I took. So yeah, the weather's really great. I think it's like 70s. I love to just wander, actually. I'm such a walking kind of person. So I love going to neighborhoods and just walking, walking into cafes, walking into um, bookstores, 
walking into, you know, bakeries and, and my favorite neighborhood is the Mission. And last year, I don't know, when was it? One time, some of your um, friends, when they were here, we did a walking tour of the Mission. So I love to walk, you know, in the Mission, go to the bakery and get some conchas all of it i like love walking around um and so probably i miss it i mean i still walk but it's not the same because i don't have the same view and i don't have access to the same thing so that's one thing i want to do i want to go out and eat in a restaurant i want to go to the club (laughs) i don't even really go to the club anymore but yeah i want to dance all of that I have a lot of favorite museums that I like to visit personally. I mean, I also work in museums, which is really cool. But museums that I love to visit include the Noguchi Museum. It's in Queens, New York. So it's it's a museum that's dedicated to Isamu Noguchi, who is a Japanese-American artist in the 1950s, I think, 60s. And so it used to be his house. He lived in that, the the kind of the, the place. And then they turned it into, you know, a museum with all of his um, sculptures, mainly a lot of his kind of overall work. So that's one that I really love going to and visiting. It's a small museum. I also like in Seattle, there's the Wing Luke Museum, which is a museum that's dedicated to Asian American stories and Asian American life and culture and art. So that's one thing that I really love. I mean, the Met Museum is really great. I try to go there um, at least, you know, whenever I'm in New York, just because of the amount of work and amount of uh, art and culture. Yeah, I also really liked visiting your museum in Chicago. So I really love, I love museums that are, you know, that have a very specific kind of community and culture and really just getting to know that culture. There's another museum in LA called the Underground Museum that is really cool to me and is really, really interesting. So yeah, it's a mix. Whenever I go anywhere, any city that I'm in, you know, I try to explore and go to a museum and see what the art is there, the culture, and get a sense of the place. And so so what we hold was a project at the Contemporary Jewish Museum that I worked on and I collaborated with all of you. My role was a similar role. I was the youth programs manager at the the CJM. And so I worked with teens. We have teen interns, we have partnerships, we have different programs all for teens, um, 18 and under. And for what we hold, the idea was really to create kind of a collection of different voices and different stories um, from teens 
telling their own stories about, you know, family, about history and how it's really impacted their own life, their own perspectives, their own views, their own, you know, ways of thinking and the ways that they see the world. Um, and then when I, you know, started there, I wanted to broaden it up and I wanted to open it up, you know, so that we can kind of have multiple perspectives and have multiple voices. And the exciting thing is that we'll be able to hear teens' perspectives and teens' thoughts on some of the artwork that we have in the museum. So that's, I'm really, really excited to hear what they have to say about, you know, the art, like all of you. So um, I'm still working on that. I'm hoping to work with audio producer. I wish we could bring all of your studio over here. <laughs> Thank you for that. So I recently um, started a new job, a new role. So I'm currently at the Fine Arts Museums here in San Francisco, which is really, you know, a bigger museum in the city of San Francisco that has a lot of different collections. So a lot of different art from all over the world. We also have modern and contemporary art. My role is I work with teens and I work with youth. So it's very close to my heart. So I'm able to carry that over. And I am working on a summer project that hopefully brings in teen interns to think about and creating digital content for the museum. So, you know, maybe we're thinking of kind of snippets of audio or audio poems that is, you know, are centered on art, an artwork that is at the museum. Yeah, that's a big question and a really important question. What was really important for us about youth and teens is that we wanted to, you know, have this time to collect and create this kind of archive of stories. It was actually inspired by an exhibition that the museum had about three years ago called Generation to Generation. And that exhibition was about different generations and different things that people carry and learn from the generations before. And so they wanted to have a teen version kind of of the exhibition. Um, but this was before I started. And so, and they want, it was a really, it was, it started with a small collection of 10 stories, 10, 15 stories. And then we wanted to, the, the, the CJM, the museum wanted to expand it. And so when I came in and started working, one of my role responsibility was to really expand it. Um, so, you know, we figured out, you know, this is a program that we wanted. Um, and then with teens, I, you know, when you think of oral history or recorded stories, we only think of people who are honestly, you know, really experienced or, you know, older or seniors or people who have done so many things in life. We don't often think of young people and teens' voices as, you know, valuable. And so for us, you know, it was really a way to say that, you know, hey, we can also learn from young people and they also have amazing stories and amazing perspectives and amazing, you know, and great ways of thinking that we should share that we should, you know, have a platform to create that and a space to show that. So working on this project for me really was really important. I'm really proud of the work that I did. I'm really proud, you know, really to be able to work with teens to help them create, you know, our interns here 
at the CJM, we help them develop their stories. We help them think about, you know, memories and think about stories in their family and think about, you know, where things might come from, right? What we hold, like what histories and what stories are really important to you? What what are some of the ways and kind of inherit things or get things from your parents or grandparents or people before? And so I, it's really been so special for me to be able to, to work with my teens to come up with their stories to and a producer, of course, to, to think about those stories, to, to share those stories, and then to also be able to collaborate, you know, across different museums, across different institutions. We also partner with high schools. We've partnered with public schools, private schools, art schools, and other programs. And so all of those things kind of partnering, you know, also opens up my own world. And I love, you know, being able to partner with folks who are far away since it's, it's an audio project. So you know, YOLO in Chicago and and all of that. So I really, I love being a, a part of every process and every step and then seeing it all together and seeing it all exist, you know, whether it's in the space or online, digitally, I'm really, really honored to work with, with the team and the teams. Working with youth, for me, challenges me Every time, every day, it challenges my way of thinking. It challenges, you know, the way I see the world. It challenges what I know. Um, it challenges, you know, it just challenges me. Like I'm always, I'm constantly learning from teens. I'm constantly learning, you know, just how to expand my definitions, how to expand the way I see the world, right? So, I, for example, the way we see gender right? The way we see, yeah, the, just like the way that it and family or the way that we, you know, define these things like gender, family, you know, all of these things, teens have, you know, are expanding and breaking ground and all of those things. So I really love that that um, is a big part of working with teens. I also like to have fun Teens are always fun to have around. We like to have fun. We like to, you know, listen to music, you know, culture, things that are out in the culture. And they're also really thoughtful. They're also really honest. They're teens, I find them, you know, really passionate about things that sometimes I forget, you know, and, and when they have an idea or an opinion or a passion for something, they let you know and you know, they're really, they're really strong-willed. And so I think sometimes, you know, I take that and I say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning something. So yeah, I, I love that kind of exchange and that kind of challenge. I hope that, you know, through participating in what we hold, teens can really get a sense that their stories matter and then and that their stories are important and that their stories that people can learn from their stories that they're valued that you know they have something important to say also that it's also important to know that our family and our history and things that come before us can also have an impact 
on who we are, right? On on the way that we see things. And sometimes you're thinking, you know, why am I so this? And it's like, oh, because of the stories that I hear or because of what my parents tell me. And so it's sometimes it's like good to know that because you can also question that or you can also, you know, realize it. So a lot of the stories, I'm sure when people listen to them, you know, will realize that, you know, we're not really alone, that our stories are tied to other people's stories um, that are that our kind of views are and our perspectives and the way we see things are tied to other people, are tied to whether that's family, that's close blood or related or others. So I think that, you know, I think it really shows what we hold really shows the connections between generations, between people. And I think that's really important to, to, to realize. I think it's a really timely actually, because, you know, at this time when people are sheltered at home or are staying at home, they don't have to go to the museum. They don't have to go to the museum to, to find these stories. And, and our stories were, you know, ahead because all of these stories have been online since three years ago, since last year. And I know now like music and, you know, YOLO has been doing audio and radio for a long time. And now other museums are struggling to like, how can we share things digitally or via a website or through social media, you know? And I think that by highlighting things that people can access at home, we are really responding in a very timely and relevant way. I know that, yeah, you know, like this is now something that people are looking for. People are looking for things to listen to at home. People are looking, are searching for meaningful ways to spend their time. And I, you know, and I highly recommend listening to these stories as a way to, to understand and, and listen to teens' voices and youth. That's a really hard question. I It's hard to pick favorites. It's really hard. I'm going to probably say a couple of things. I really love this story um, from last year. Um, Miguel, one of my interns' story, he, you know, talked to his cousin about growing up in Oakland, Berkeley, Oakland, Berkeley. And the cousin, his his cousin, Anel, talks about having to translate as a, as a young girl, as a child of an immigrant. A lot of her growing up means that she was translating for her parents um, whenever they do, you know, even the small transactions like going to the store or talking to people. You know, she had to do that a lot and she had to experience that a lot. Um, and that's something that I also connect with because it's, a, it's an experience that I also have. You know, my parents are immigrants and, we, you know, I'm an immigrant and we all came here and English is not my first language or our first language. And so that, that experience of translating was something that I connected with. And so um, the cousin, Anel, Miguel's cousin, talked about that. And then, you know, and then kind of looking back now, she realizes how important it was and how it really, you know, how it really kind of made her more thoughtful about the way that she is today and it made her help other people who might be struggling with language or who might be needing translation so it's 
it's again that thing where it's like you, when you realize something comes from something that you grew up with, you know, it kind of makes sense. And so that was a really, uh, a really special one. There's so many, you know, a lot of it. Sharing stories between between cultures or between spaces. I know a lot of there's some from you know having those special objects. You know, like a ball or, or different things that connect people is something that's also very close to me because, you know, sometimes I moved around a lot growing up. And even when I came to the States, you know, I had different multiple houses and places that I grew up in. And sometimes it's hard to collect and bring everything from one place to another. So I, I love all of those stories to me, you know, all of those kind of cultural stories I, I find really, really personally connected with. Yeah, thank you for having me and thanks for all of your amazing, thoughtful questions. And we're back. You are listening to What's Up, What We Hold Special. We have an interview from PJ all the way from San Francisco. Up next, Marie's audio piece, Our Strength. Let's listen. Mi más favorita cosa en el mundo, pues hasta ahorita uh, es mi familia. What is one thing that gets you closer with your family? Lucharán a dos de tres caídas sin límite de tiempo. Eh, las luchas me encantan desde niño. Cuando era niño uh, me ponía una mascarita con una liga y jugamos con mis primos. Lucha fights play a really big role in my life and in my family. My dad, Gerardo Valle, has been a Lucha Libre fanático since his childhood. And this passion has brought us closer to each other. My relationship with my dad can be like a Lucha Libre match. Since I was three, I've been a part of this intense, dramatic, and edgy world. For me, Mexican wrestling is a great sport that creates bonds to the person you're watching it with. Aside, you can also release some stress through the excitement of never knowing who is going to beat who. Te relajas, te vas, te estresas, si lo practicas es mucho mejor. As crazy as it may sound, las luchas are relaxing, even more when you practice them, like my dad does. He does his training once in a while. But the most important thing on this sport, it will be <gasps> choosing your side. Rules or technicals. Which one are you? My dad and I are rudos, but not always was it like that. He says that since he was a child until the birth of my older sisters, he was a technical. Suddenly, I got into the picture and he switched sides. I like to call it our special bond. Pues tratamos de llevarnos lo más lo más bonito en ambiente y luchar con todo pero con respeto. The luchas has been a tradition in the Valle family ever since Mexico. My dad started to connect with the sport by seeing them on TV, putting on a mask, playing with his cousins sneaking in during matches due to the lack of money, hoping to meet some wrestlers outside, and because there were also some wrestlers in the family. Sí, hubo dos luchadores, uno 
bueno, ahorita ya no, ya, ya se murió, pero era uno de ellos, Huracán Ramírez. El otro se llamaba Mazámbula. Y después, más, más tiempo, un primo que, que él era un luchador exótico, se llamaba Miguelón. Y pues ya de ahí, pues ahora sí yo seguí, pero ya aquí entre yo, aquí en Estados Unidos, empecé a practicar ya la lucha libre. So when my dad came to Chicago, he wanted to keep this tradition. Eventually, he started becoming friends with wrestlers, and he got my sisters and I involved. From time to time, when we go to the matches, my dad would introduce me to his luchador friends. Even sometimes, I got to meet them without a mask. Quieto, no se yeah. In Mexican wrestling, some fighters use masks to keep their identity secret. I remember my first experience going to the luchas. I was feeling the excitement of it as I was very little, but very happy I was finally a ruda. My dad was screaming for his favorite wrestler, and I followed his steps. At the beginning, it was scary to see the crowd, hear the screams, and see the luchadores doing the tricks in the air. I thought they were getting her for real, but later I understood they are very well-trained people. And the most important thing, I was next to the real hero, my dad. Seguí con la onda de las luchas. Después nacieron mis hijas. Las empecé a involucrar en el ambiente de las luchas. Un ambiente bonito. I love my dad and his passion. I love that he uses it to have a good quality time with us. His daughters with me. Lucha Libre matches are usually on Saturdays or Sundays. And when we go, I like to close myself in my own world. I mean our world. Y esa tradición ha seguido ahorita y pues mi hija la pequeña la llevo a todos lados eventos de luchas. While seeing and feeling all the adrenaline of our favorite wrestlers. Ha tenido la suerte de conocer muchos luchadores de, de renombre, eh, sin máscara, ha convivido con ellos. Es, es algo bonito la lucha libre. Me, me gusta porque yo te veo que tú estás en tu ambiente, a pesar de que se quitan muchas cosas fuertes, groserías, tú te, te encierras en tu sistema, en tu ambiente, viendo de otra, otro punto de vista. He said that one thing he likes is that I'm always in my world when we go to see the luchas because there's a lot of cursing. Es un deporte y aparte cuando vas como espectador te sales bien de bien tranquilo de, de tanto estrés que, que traes y ahí ahí te desahogas y es, es lo bonito y pues me, me mi pasión la lucha libre también. In the end, la lucha libre is an amazing sport that has brought me and my family closer to one another. It's our passion, our pride, our love, our time together, and our heart. And last but not least. our bond as father and daughter. Welcome, we are continuing with What's Up, What We Hold Special. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our home. I'm Diego. 
I'm Sarah. Let's continue on with the audio pieces that just played. I love all of them. Like, they all are very sentimental. I love Meres. Meres is really good. What do you think? Hmm. I really enjoy all of them. Like I said earlier, they have special needs. And I really like Meres because it showed, like, her relationship growing up with her dad. So it's just right. like, I don't know. I really, it, it touched me, like, to my soul. It was cute. Like, it was very, like, um. Yes. I love the noises she, like, the sounds she added to it. It was amazing. Right? It was, it, like, it's not just, like, oh, let's keep it serious and, like, you know, like, let's Mm -hmm. liven up the mood. But we have a lot more to listen to. We are going to be presenting one of our other Yolo Kali students, Stephanie. Her piece is Overcoming Traditions. We Mexicans have very strong beliefs that created traditions, cultures, and identities that were structured before we were even born. As a female, my family has certain expectations over how I should behave, dress, and how I should have my hair. I believe having a personal style should be a part of your growth, and for me, having long hair is not one of them. Because long hair was forced on me, I ended up hating my hair. I grew out of styles on behavior and dressing, because what was expected of me was so boring. I'm a mix of female and male behaviors, like doing my makeup and sitting in a way that isn't very ladylike. But my family beliefs go beyond things that are hair. Like how a girl should have medium to long hair to be beautiful for boys and such. Like my mom who actually cut her hair once but regretted it right after. Has grandma ever let you cut your hair before? Yes, and I'll never do it again. Why won't you ever cut your hair again? because it was not something, it didn't go with me. It was not nice. People, my friends didn't like it. And honestly, I didn't like it. Why did you cut it in the first place? Because there was this movie that was out at the time and the character had really, really short hair. And I thought it would look good on me, but it didn't. And it was something I regretted and I'll never do it again. Is that why you won't let me cut my hair again? You can cut it, just not that short. My mom and my tia Yaya's hair are very different, but both dye their hair and such. Yaya even had the nerve to call her hair natural, too. So, what do you like the most about your hair? That it's natural. It's mm, it's not tangly, it's straight, fuzz, not fuzzy, but um, swervy, you could say. So it, it lets me style my hair up and make it look all nice and style it down and perfectly fine, but because it's natural. Since I've had long hair my whole 17 years of life, I hated it. I just felt horrible with my long hair because it was so thick. I didn't want to deal with styling it every time, but at least Yaya was more optimistic about different hairstyles. So do you believe hair is important? Yes, it is. How come? You style it the way you want to style it. You put it the way you want. You color it the way you want. Now that they have all these new different type of techniques of coloring and so it's, you know, it's just depending on how now, now, now and they with teenagers and everything that, you know, want to express themselves. You know, you can express yourself by hair coloring. You can express yourself by ear piercing. Like, let's just for saying Sylvia's favorite color is purple. She's like, I want purple hair. Like, oh, you could color it purple. You know, you, what's your color? I like blue. Okay, you see, in there, like, they have blue. 
As time goes on, things are changing. I want to be who I am and I believe my mom is slowly beginning to understand that not everything about me is up to her, her beliefs, or her traditions. I will continue to change and she'll have to realize that it will be up to me and what I hold. And yeah, I was upset because you didn't even ask for permission. I told you I was going to take you to get it cut. <laughs> and you decided to do it yourself. And if I were to cut it again? No, you're not going to cut it again. <laughs> yeah, okay. And we're done. Now we are going to present my piece, which is called A Letter to My Sister. At the beginning of my high school life, I was known as Sylvia's sister. My teachers believed that maybe I was going to be just like her. I disliked high school for the absurd reason that everyone held expectations that I'm like her. There have been a few times where I just wanted to throw hands. Remember the sayings on eyebrows? They're sisters, not twins. It gets annoying when people compare us. What I would want for people to understand is that we're not the same. I get mad, like I get really, really mad. For one, like if we don't even look like siblings and stuff like that, like you can see like some similarities, like we're not the same. Like I'm like, what is it? Like better at English and you're better at math than mm -hmm. I am. And it's just like, what is it? Like I'm a little bit taller than you are. And stuff like that, like you have better eyebrows than I do. It's like you're darker skinned than I am. And just cause like we're two very different individuals. Like I don't like the fact that people expect us to like act the same. Well, I'm going to talk to you about my sister, Sylvia. She is a very studious and open-minded person, and she's always willing to help others. I like advocating for the community and advocating for people who don't really have that much of a say in other places, I guess. I like standing mm -hmm. up for people who don't have voices. I like being able to take care of people and like being able to like, I guess like continue advocating. I just, like that's who I describe myself as, a queer Latina who likes speaking about stuff, yeah. There are many words to describe her, but I can't think of the right words. I believe that we have our fair shares of similarities and differences. I mean, she's really headstrong. She's very guarded with her feelings. Like, she's not as open as I am, which I think I can admire. She doesn't take any, like, smack. Or she doesn't take any, like, anything like that, like, the way I usually do. Uh, she's not as sensitive as I am, which I guess I can admire, too, because there's, like, days that, like, I kind of want to cry, and she just gets over it. She's like, you know what, this ain't for me, and I'm going to leave, but me, I'm going to just cry. So I think I can describe that. Like, she understands when she doesn't understand something, but, like, and it's really different from who I really am, because I know when I'm wrong, I don't want to be wrong. I'm very thankful for my older sister and her company. Although in certain moments, there have been times where I have to look out for myself. I had to protect myself and at times I wasn't able to rely on her. As we grew older, I was the one who looked out for her and I do it all over again if it came to her protection and care. Of course, we get into arguments and to me she would be really annoying, but that's how anyone with a sibling would feel. Honestly, with a relationship with you being in sibling wise, it just like I feel like the younger sister cuz like you do have like a lot more responsibilities um because mom does like put like a lot more responsibility on you. It kind of feels like being a younger sister towards you, but there's some occasions where I do feel like a big sister. And occasions like for like YOLO when I helped you out with that, helping out with some of the stories and some editing and stuff like that, like I feel like a big sister. 
From time to time, I get gloomy. In a few months, or by the time you're hearing this, my sister will be graduating and moving to her college campus, far away from the place we called home. The thought of her leaving and not coming back is scary because I've been with her my whole life. There are times where we are apart from each other, but in those moments, I know she'll be back. Honestly, I don't want her to leave. We created memories together, good and bad. I'm not ready for us to grow up and be apart from each other. I think the real reason why I don't want her to leave is because I'm scared of the reality of this world we live in and the harm it might bring her. Like I thought like a lot of like scary things were like only happened in like SVU and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But like like I started like looking more and more and I'm like, God, like wow, like why? And then like you look at like what the government has to say about most of it and it's just like like they really don't care. Yeah. And especially they don't care for people that look like me and you. And it's just like that's a really scary thought, um, to think about. Cause like wow, like I don't have to worry about the monsters under my bed. Like I have, I have to, to worry, worry about, about the monsters outside out my door. Yeah. So it's like talking about like outside world and it's really scary. Um, I guess like in this point of my life, uh hitting like I wouldn't say the climax of it that's like that's midlife crisis but like yeah. hitting the my, climax of like of like being a teenager of this part of the movie just like I'm hitting the climax where it's just like not leaving you but like getting a different set of actors I want her to know that I always have her back unless it's against me that would be a big fat no but that's not the point the point is Marie if you're listening to this I want you to know that you are my favorite and only sister an outstanding young woman and I'm very proud of you Sincerely, your younger sister, Sarah. Do you know how much I love pizza? <laughs> this is serious. It's not a joke. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, who are you laughing at? That's a serious question. Yeah, like, it's a serious question. Like, do you know how much I love pizza, though? I like pizza a lot. Like, you can compare them. Yeah. Okay. On a scale from 1 to 10. A scale of 1 to 10. Um, I think you like pizza, like, a 7. You messed up. You said 7, and I said... <laughs> A hundred. Oh my god, Sarah. It's, it's no, no, no. It's seven. Are you guys enjoying the audio stories? I love Sarah's. It really shows insight how even though in person they're very, they fight a lot, but at the end of the day, they love each other so much. Now get ready to ball your eyes out because up next is mine, El Gavan. Tú me preguntaste una vez cuando estábamos organizando unas cobijas y las estaba sacando y te dije, esta no, uh, y me preguntaste por qué. Te dije, no, esta no porque esa había pertenecido a mi papá, que es el único recuerdo que tengo de él, en cosa material. Y te dije, de esta no me voy a deshacer. My name is Diego Barrera. And this is about my grandfather's gaban. This story consists of me and my mom cleaning out our closets where I stumble upon this gaban that I mistaken for a raggedy old blanket. But it's a good thing I didn't throw it out. That way, I wouldn't have gotten to know who my grandfather was. Era muy respetuoso. A veces era bromista. Um... Lo que aprendí también mucho de él era que le gustaba mucho leer y que le gustaba aprender. Eso es lo que aprendí de él, que nos enseñó. Le gustaba llevarse bien con todas las personas. Pues la convivencia que siempre trataba de hacer uh, 
que estuviéramos todos juntos, reunidos, llevarnos bien, que le gustaba mucho estar en familia. My grandfather was tall, dark, and had very long curled eyelashes, hence where mines come from. Born, raised, and died in Yuriria, Guanajuato, Mexico, he loved to educate himself and was a very respectful man. He had a major influence on my mother. She is a strong, independent woman who prevails and makes the best out of the situation she is stuck in. With his passing in 2001, she was hit the hardest. It was devastating only having a gaban and her son's features to remind her of her beloved father. Un tipo que le, le llaman gaban, que se usa en México los hombres, para protegerse del frío en invierno. Pues es como un recuerdo de, de él, que tengo de él. Ah, físicamente, aunque no, ya no lo voy a poder ver nunca. Por eso la conservo. Y es una manera de, de tener un recuerdo de él. Pero tengo muchas cosas que él me enseñó que cuando estaba en México no, no lo entendía hasta ahora que estoy aquí. Que, creo la última vez vino aquí a Chicago. Duró unos días y siempre trataba de, de darme consejos my mother is one of many immigrants who couldn't return to their homelands to see their loved ones one last time. So they hold an item or memory that they hold dear to their heart. Él murió en México. No, no puedo. Pues es triste y doloroso porque no puedes ir a, a verlo por última vez. This gaban represents my grandfather and how it is the only thing that we have to remember him and to keep his memory alive in our family. For the past 16 years, I didn't know who he was as a person because I never met him. And if we hadn't been cleaning out old blankets, I probably still would have been in the dark on who this man was and how much he meant to my mom, especially since my mom never cries. Esta era una experiencia muy importante y triste para conocer a mi abuelo through my mom, and I know to hold his memory close and dear to my heart. This show is getting too emotional. <laughs> I think Diego's piece, every time I hear it, I will always cry for sure. I love his piece the most because it holds, like, it's more emotional. So let's listen to our last piece, which is one of our former Yolo College students, Emilio, and his piece is called Being Independent in a Big World. 
We are born alone and die alone. The loneliness is definitely a part of a journey of life. Genova Chen. This is probably one of my favorite quotes because this shows how deep reality can be. My personal experiences have led me to this point of view. My name is Emilio Gonzalez. I was born in Mexico, Monterrey, Nuevo León, but I was raised in San Luis Potosí. My parents are Carlos Gonzalez and Alejandra Miranda, also born in San Luis Potosí. The relationship between my mom and my dad was never stable. My dad moved to the United States when I was only a few months old. Therefore, I was raised in a house full of women. My household consisted of my mom, my grandmother, and my aunt. My mom worked hard to provide me with necessities I needed. In results, I did not get to spend much time with her. I was mostly raised by my grandmother and my aunt. Growing up for me was a challenge because I grew up basically without parents. It was tough when making decisions when I didn't have anyone to count on. My dad. Uh, mi nombre hola, es Carlos González. Tengo 39 años. Yo crecí en México, en el estado de San Luis Potosí, en la ciudad de San Luis Potosí. Pues fue una vida divertida, fácil, entre la escuela y el mercado con mis papás y con mi abuela. Coming to America was a whole different challenge. I arrived to Chicago when I was 14 years old as a teenager to meet my dad. When I first met my dad, I was shocked since I was meeting a person who I never met before. It was the first time we talked in person. I remember one of our first talks was about the comparison between the streets of Chicago and Mexico. He then explained me how to commute in the city. My dad had a good relationship with his dad, my grandfather. They would visit the villages around San Luis together, play soccer, and at one point, my grandfather built a bike for him. Fue una buena relación y, y sigue siendo una buena relación. Cuando estaba chico, convivíamos mucho, a, íbamos a jugar deporte, fútbol, a me compró una bicicleta, más bien él me hizo una bicicleta, a él la soldó, él me enseñó a andar en bicicleta, pues es de eso, pero la verdad es que teníamos una relación a, buena, nos llevábamos bien. Aside from learning about the city of Chicago, I had to adapt to a new school system and learn a new language. With the help of teachers, friends, and family members, I was able to learn English in four months. To this day, I remember the words that my teacher shared with me. She told me to forget everything about Spanish and try to learn a new language. Chicago helped me to become more fluent in conversations and how to be myself. My father migrated to the United States for a better life. When I moved here with him, there were times when I wouldn't see my dad since he would often work late and overtime hours. Yo vine a los Estados Unidos en el 2001, 2000, 2002, no me acuerdo muy bien. Pues vine porque me invitaron unos primos que viven aquí en Chicago y yo estaba en, en una etapa en México donde no me iba tan bien. Uh, económicamente y pues me invitaron a trabajar acá y por eso es que vine a los Estados Unidos a trabajar. 
Aside from working, one of my responsibilities, like homework and chores, I decide to fill in my free time by attending classes at Yolo Cali in Little Village. In the summertime, I would stay at my uncle's as he lives near Yolo Cali. For my dad, being independent means to be a responsible, caring, and hardworking person that strives for a better future. He has worked to give my siblings and I an exciting and enjoyable life. Pues para mí ser independiente significa ser una persona responsable, una persona a, pues que se preocupa por salir adelante y la verdad es que yo desde pequeño, desde la edad de los 14 años, empecé a ser independiente, empecé a trabajar. Como dije antes, yo me creé también con mi abuela en el mercado, entonces desde muy chico yo empecé a trabajar, a ganar dinero. Quizás debía haber seguido la escuela, pero pues no, no pude, no, no fue algo en lo que me concentré suficiente y pues, pues seguí trabajando. La verdad yo creo que ser independiente desde joven me ha ayudado a, a ser un poco más responsable y a ser un poco pues más con mis hijos más esforzarme más para que ellos sean sean independientes también. I'm now 19, considering a young adult. My current challenge is to work and provide for myself. I don't talk with my parents as much now. I've noticed changes and realized that I have to work for my own income, figure out my college journey and a choice of career. Sometimes when I feel a bit nostalgic for my past times, I think about how I only truly have myself to depend on. In my head, I always feel alone but there's another part of me that thinks otherwise. I think about all the people that know me and care about me, even though they might not show it or make it known. In my father's words, he told me being independent, it's okay. It's a personal satisfaction as it is based on your own goals. Everything that you accomplish is not easy as you need to learn from life experiences. Being independent is working your own way through obstacles alone while maintaining focus on what you're capable of doing. Now that I'm becoming an adult, I have to remember that being independent is important because whatever I decide to pursue as a goal or what I want to achieve in life will ultimately be up to me. As I am 19 years old, I have to be responsible for my actions and be aware of my decisions. It's going to be a long journey to learn from my mistakes and balance my highs and lows, but it's definitely a part of the journey of life. Lo que yo le puedo decir, Emilio, que ser independiente da una satisfacción personal porque es algo que cualquier cosa que logres, cualquier logro que tengas va a ser por, porque tú te esforzaste suficiente para lograrlo y pues no es fácil ser independiente, se necesitan muchas cosas, saber muchas cosas, estar concentrado en, en todo, en la escuela, en, en, en tu casa, en, pues en el futuro, en tus estudios, no sé, es, no es fácil ser independiente, pero es necesario, creo yo. Y yo como papá de Emilio, te lo digo pues frecuentemente en cosas básicas como ser responsable con su escuela, ese tipo de cosas que en el futuro ser independiente muchas veces significa salir adelante solo y por eso para mí es importante que Emilio sepa que ser independiente es algo que es necesario para, para él.
Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today for WhatsApp, What We Hold Special. Did you guys enjoy it? I hope you all enjoyed it, because I enjoyed it. Me too. <laughs> so, What We Hold is a series of the Contemporary Jewish Museum and the auditory project that enables Jewish voices to share their history and deep connections with loved ones through the core stories that shape us, form us, and everything in between that makes us. We want to give a huge thanks to Yola Kali Arts Reach for providing us with this amazing collaboration with the Contemporary Jewish Museum in San Francisco. Special thanks to our guest, PJ. And a major shout out to the Yolos who participated in this project. You can revisit these audios in SoundCloud at Yolokali or all the audios and more from other participants at what we hold the gm.org. We hope everyone is having a wonderful time on this lovely Saturday afternoon. My name is Diego. And I'm Sarah. And remember, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM London Radio, broadcasting live from the comfort of our home. This has been What's Up? Love to all. Virtual hug. Smile. Hey, it's Mede. How are we doing during this quarantine? How are we all feeling? Just want to check up on everyone. Has everyone been washing their hands, keeping themselves clean, and not going outside too much? I just wanted to give you all a friendly reminder that we need to keep ourselves healthy, safe inside of our homes as much as possible, and try to wash your hands often, like we should. Some steps you can follow to wash your hands are to first rinse your hands with water and add hand soap or alcohol-based rub. Then wash your palms. Second, wash the back of your hands. Third, scrub in between your fingers. After, move on to your fingertips. Lastly, do not forget to scrub your entire thumb to make sure you're washing your hands long enough. You can sing that one song that we all sing in birthday parties. The happy birthday song, two times. Please go out only if you truly have to, like for groceries, pharmacy runs, or other necessities or emergencies. Do not go out with groups of people or to crowded spaces. Keep yourself distant. Although we are limited to go outside, you can still take your pets for walks or sit outside by yourself. So please do your part and try to have fun. Most importantly, do not forget not to smile. To smile. Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delicious, funny, breathtaking, wee-snatching, Liddy Poppin' production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be twerking on our next one. Here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned for our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delicious, funny, breathtaking, weave-snatching, highly amazing production. I hope that you were informed about the YOLO-licious parts of life and get your bag every day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at YOLO Cali. On social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokali.org for more. We are the rock.